London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to the London Property Podcast. I'm your host Farnaz Fazaipour and today we're in conversation with Alan Herdman, the master of Pilates. Welcome Alan. Thank you Farnaz. It's good to be here. So let's start by telling our listeners about um, who's Joseph Pilates. He's, he's a German who went to New York in the early 20s and developed this technique that was named after him. So it's Pilates technique. And he had a studio in New York and he worked in, in New York until he died in 1967. He was always interested in exercise. In fact, he was trained as a boxer and he uh, left Germany um, because he didn't like what was going on there and, and went to New York and started, he developed all the, the apparatus that we use in Pilates. Um, and he was just very keen on exercise. So uh, can you tell us about how you were introduced to Pilates? When did you start? I started in, in 1969. Um, I was teaching primary school in London and also training in contemporary dance at the London School of Contemporary Dance. And after three years of doing that, they asked me if I'd be interested to go to New York and train in an exercise technique, which they didn't quite know anything about, but all, they knew it was very good for dancers. So I went to New York in 1969 and stayed there for nine months and came back and set up the first studio in London. And why do you think it, it's specifically good for dancers? I think Pilates is good for dancers because it helps dancers to, A, if they're injured, it helps them to work when they're un unable to do the technique. And it also helps to improve certain parts of the, the technique that they're having difficulty with. So you would, I would work with a dancer who is, say, having difficulty getting their leg up high or having difficulty do, doing something within the technique. So we take them away from the dance and work for, on them physically. So you were actually sent there to learn this technique specifically for the purpose of helping dancers get more out of their dancing? In the beginning, I was sent there to help dance trainers and dance trainees, dance students, and also dancers. That, that was the main objective. But after the first few months, when I opened the studio in 1970, uh, the general public became more interested. We started with people that were involved with the company, the, you know, the, the people working in the office and the, the people who were doing the stuff, backstage stuff. And then they introduced friends to it. So gradually we were working with the general public. And it was in order to uh, fix injuries or it was just a, a way of, of getting stronger? In the beginning, it was a way of getting stronger. Um, but then uh, as I got more experienced, it I would be working with a physiotherapist to, to fix injuries. Why do you think Pilates is so effective in helping people fix injuries and, and stay strong? I think Pilates is effective working with injuries and also with uh, postural problems in that it works individually and the rather than just teaching a class of people the same exercise you 
either uh, develop an exercise to help that person, but change the existing exercises to suit what they need. It's a very much a tailored for the individual. And would you say that it's a, it's a combination of yoga and stretching, or do you think it's 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 a whole other approach? I think the it's, the combination is a bit of everything. I mean, uh, Joseph Pilates did yoga and um, uh, and studied Eastern medicine. When I started, I, I did Tai Chi and also I did Alexander Technique, which helped me to look at the technique in a slightly different way. What are the uh, kind of the most common ailments that you see people turn to Pilates for? First of all, they're caused by bad posture, by poor posture, which affects the way the muscles are developed. And the major problems we see is lower back, upper torso, upper spine and neck, which again is all caused by the way people stand and the way people sit. And it's, it's, it's important to raise awareness through the technique so that they improve or prevent these injuries from happening. Absolutely. We need to make people aware of how they're sitting and how they're standing. It, it's, I, I always want to relate the exercises to their individual lifestyle. Um, and it's, it, and it's, it, in the last few years, what's happened is people are using very much more, um, they're using computers more and using the telephone and texting. So that, that gives them that rather hunched look. Um, going back to the lower back, um, what's the most dramatic change you've seen in someone who's caused injury through slip discs or lower back problems and have actually improved themselves and avoided medical intervention because of Pilates? Well, what is is you when you when I'm dealing with a lower back, I don't necessarily focus on the lower back. I focus on what is supporting the lower back. And, you know, when, when someone has a, a lower back problem, they need to have the support of the pelvis, which is you have to work the muscles around the pelvis. And the, the front of the torso, the abdominals, they need to all be where. So you can stack the spine in the correct position on top of the pelvis. So that's what you really need to be working on is what's actually going to hold the spine it, up correctly. You're going to work the muscles around that area to help to support. What about the upper torso and, and the neck? What, uh, what do you focus on when you're trying to help somebody with that? Uh, well, I think the, 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 the answer is for the upper torso is to change the position of the spine. With, with modern lifestyle, one of the major problems is the spine goes into flexion, which is a curved, curved forward. As people curve forward, they don't want to look at the pavement or the down, or so they lift their head up which causes problems in the neck. So we work at extension to open up the chest and get the back moving. So it's not dissimilar what you have to do for the lower back to what you have to do for the it's neck. It's the same. It's the same. If you think of the spine as a sort of an S-bend, is just correcting the curves of the back and the, upper, the whole spine. So um, a lot of the times people don't have healthy habits when it comes to exercise, because it requires them to change their clothes, go to the gym, you know, and make proper time for it. it. 
uh, the things that you can recommend that people can do at home um, that, you know, is quite easily achievable and they can just put it into their daily routine to try and prevent some of these injuries and to keep themselves strong? I think to keep to keep the body strong, it has to be simple exercise have to be done on a regular basis. And the 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 secret is not to make them complicated. Do something that you can do. For example, you can do stomach exercises while you're work while you're cooking or while you're working at the stove while you're washing up. It's easy to build in things that are, don't take any time and don't necessarily interrupt what you're doing. So for our listeners, the reason why I know Alan is because about eight years ago, uh, I got a severe uh, disc herniation and every doctor I went to and every advice I got was do surgery. And I was just not going to entertain that idea at all. And I started off by doing um, Pilates every day for, I think, six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I did three times a week and now I maintain it with going twice a week. And what I've taken away from it is you actually learn an understanding for your body to the level that you can actually tell yourself, tense that bit of muscle to the right of your belly button and you can do it. So that's, that's really where it comes from, isn't it? It's really deep, deep, deep. I think it, it teaches people to read their own body and understand what they need to do. That they, if you know, if they, if they've had a back problem in the past, if they feel it coming back, they know they have to start working slightly differently. They have to uh, remember what they were doing when they first had that problem, and, and but just be aware of what what is going wrong and help to know how to correct it. And then actually moving away from injury-led, you know, people who are injury-led that find you, actually as you age, if you keep mobile and if you get up from the chair without holding your hands to the sides and, you know, all these kind of things, it does actually enable people to age mobile with less pain, not looking like you know, they're kind of wobbling around and things like that, right? One of the things that really I enjoy about teaching this technique is that you will get someone who comes in who really has no pro- has a major problem getting out of a chair. They're unable to uh, bend down and pull their socks on and they can't reach up into a cupboard to get something. And when you take those problems that they have and make sure that they get better, they suddenly come in and say, you know, I got out of the chair without having to use my hands. Or I could lift, I could grab something out of the cupboard without hurting my shoulder. And for me, this is fantastic. It doesn't have to be long, sleek muscles and be able to do backflips or anything. It's just a change their life so it's much easier. And as, as we grow older, it becomes more difficult. And it's actually a shame that there isn't a closer uh, connection between Pilates, physiotherapy and the medical world. Because a lot of the times, you know, people don't need to be popping codeine pills. Yeah. They could actually very effectively 
solve their problems by understanding their bodies and, and, and yeah. being able to apply the, the Pilates method. I was very lucky in, in, my, uh, in the first 40 years of teaching, I worked with a physiotherapist, the same physiotherapist, and we worked very closely together. And I, I think that combination was fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame that it's, it's so underestimated in the medical world because yes. it really does. I mean, I, I've, I'm, I'm an example of it. I was literally told to have surgery and I didn't need to. We, I mean, I can't, I can't diagnose, but I always say, you know, think really hard before you have surgery. Thank you, Alan, for talking to us. It's been fascinating and we are looking forward to being shown by you what are the top three things that uh, people come to see you for and how they could manage those and make sure that they don't become recurring problems. Thank you very much, Panaz. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I look forward to showing you the exercises. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.